Thank you for watching this online message from Riverstone Church. We hope that this content encourages you and helps you further develop your relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit riverstonechurch.net. There you can learn more about us, view additional messages, submit your prayer needs, and even give online. Thank you for watching, and may the Lord richly bless you. Romans chapter 10, the verses from last week's sermon we'll share again today. 14 and 15, Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15. And how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? And how will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for the public reading of Scripture. We thank you for your grace and mercy today, which has been so evident among us, O Lord. God, we thank you for the power of your word that speaks to every heart and every life for your glory. we pray, Lord, that in the message this morning, that you will speak to hearts, each person. And God, that just as those so long ago, as you broke the bread and the, the loaves and the fish to them, Lord, they ate and there was no lack. I pray today, oh God, that as the bread of life is broken, there would be no lack among us, that everyone would feast upon the Word of God until they're full, Lord, we pray. Thank you for these things. We honor you and we praise you, and in the name of Jesus, I ask it. Amen and amen, and share a hand of fellowship and encouragement with one another before you're seated this morning. So last week, uh, again, same texts as uh, we looked at last week in uh, the message. And what we spoke about uh, last week was how the New Testament church was ascending church, or sending people out. We had such a beautiful moment with many of our young people uh, here uh, at the church praying for them. And I pray that's not just a moment, uh, but that it's actually uh, the beginning of a movement uh, within our church that we uh, what we saw last week was so many of those young people coming forward and us being able to pray and intercede that that prayer time doesn't stop, but it continues. For those of us who are a little farther along, that we long for and desire for the opportunity to see the baton pass to the next generation, to pick it up faithfully and run uh, with it. That is one of the things that the Lord is impressing upon my heart uh, so, so strongly. And so as we looked at the passage last week, uh, we realized that each of us are sent by the Lord and by the local church to share that message of hope with others, that the church should be a sending church, people going out in your workplace, uh, God using your talents and abilities to uh, be able to, as we'll talk about in just a minute, to preach and to share the gospel. And that's why it's so exciting about what Sister Mary Ann was sharing with us. This was something where she's using her gifts and her abilities and her talent in order to make an impact, in order to preach the gospel and share the message of hope with people who need to hear. And so 
we have to be uh, intentional and we have to be serious about our role as a sending church, sending people out in order to preach the gospel. And sometimes that happens through whatever vocation God has called you, whatever skills God has put into your hands. And sometimes God calls you out really to be that uh, leader within his congregation to serve him in a vocational capacity. And we should be sending in that way too. So sending out from the local church in uh, those career fields that God has called you to, but also seeing God's hand upon some that God is calling them as leaders in his church and to raise them up and to send them out as well. And so in looking at Romans 10 and 14 that we see the Apostle Paul sees the, the first step in evangelization and transformation and seeing communities change. The church fulfilling its role as a sending organization, sending out. And the next step that the Apostle Paul shares of those who are sent is that as we are sent, we are to preach the message of the gospel. Now, I believe that as we look to our culture and look to the news around us, preaching has fallen on hard times. There's a cultural resistance to preaching. And preaching as the proclamation of truth, what ought to come from the pulpit is the truth of God's word, but truth has also fallen on hard times. Our culture has cast off any sense of identity that is rooted in truth. You only need to read a newspaper or turn on the news or flip through the internet for just a few moments and you can see the truth is out the window. To the point that for those of us who think about truth and think that truth is rooted in Scripture, that it's actually laughable what's going on in our culture. And yet truth is an essential aspect of preaching. And for those who are sent, which is all of us in one capacity or another, we also must be preachers of the gospel. When we looked at the passage last week, the Apostle Paul gives us a series of questions. And in those series of questions, they all are kind of answered, as we shared last week, in, in the negative. So how can they call on him in whom they have not believed? And the answer is, they can't. How will they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And he expects the answer, they can't. And how will they hear without a preacher? And again, the answer is they can't. And how will they preach unless they are sent? And again, the answer is they can't. They can't preach unless they are sent. And so the logical process is actually the reverse sequence of those questions. When one is sent, they will preach. When they preach, those who they are preaching to will hear and when those others hear, they will believe. And when those others believe, they will call out to the Lord in faith. So sending, preaching, hearing, and believing, and crying out to the Lord is a sequence the Apostle Paul gives to us. So the way that we get to people who are earnestly crying out to God, who are seeking Him and longing after what God will do, is to begin by sending, and secondly, that the message 
is the gospel which is being preached to those who are unbelieving. When Paul is talking about preaching here, he's talking about more than just what I'm doing right now, the act of kind of public proclamation in the gathering of a local church. He's actually speaking much more broadly than that, and he's speaking about the Christian community in general, bringing the message of hope to those who have not heard. In the case of Romans, specifically, specifically the unbelieving Jewish population. But the point here being that you are called to be a preacher and to share the message of hope that Jesus Christ has come to save sinners. That's a message that should resonate on our lips because we are believers. You see, preaching is that proclamation of that gospel. It is a message that originates from the Lord and is carried by those who share that message with others. Romans 10 and 9 summarizes the gospel very nicely. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That is the good news. Amen. Confess and believe and you are saved. That is the good news. And preaching is heralding this message, proclaiming it, explaining it, interpreting it, exalting over it. 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul instructs Timothy, his protege in the faith. He says, I solemnly exhort you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season, correct and rebuke and exhort with great patience and instruction, for the time will come when they will not tolerate sound doctrine. We're in that time. We're in that time. But wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires. Paul is prophetically speaking to Timothy here. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and will turn aside to miss. But as for you, you self-restrain in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry. You see, preaching is more than simply a lecture and more than just the delivery of a good and well-written homily. If I'm to herald a message, I should show some passion about it because I'm exalting over the glory of God in Christ. You see, when we're, when we're saved, as did you see the passion out of Brother Mike this morning? Did you see the emotion of what God had done as he reflects on the work of God in his life? I actually had him as an illustration in my message, but the Lord moved in such a way that the timing was right for him to share that testimony at that moment. But you see the work of God within him. It's not just simply, oh yeah, back some way I was this and God saved me and God has done a work. It is an emotional experience of what God has done. Amen. Exalting over the glory of God in Christ to seek and to save that which was lost. You see, when you and I share the message of hope in and through preaching, it requires 
requires that the one who is sent, that we yield ourselves to the Spirit of God as a vessel of proclamation. And the vessel of proclamation is simply a utilitarian item to be used for a glorious purpose. 2 Corinthians 4 and 7 puts it this way, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That's the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. What Paul is saying to the Corinthian church is, we have this beautiful and glorious treasure, but it's contained in these earthen vessels that people will look at the glorious treasure and not at the vessel that contains it. God desires that the vessel that contains it is simply a herald, simply one who is speaking forth the truth of God so that when the gospel is preached, it's not the messenger that gets to praise, but it's God who gets to glory because the message is from him. See, if you had valuable items in your home, you maybe had gold or silver or or money, or valuable documents in your home, you want to put those into a safe. And it's important, yes, that the safe is sturdy and that the safe works and that the safe probably can sustain a fire, but in terms of its purpose, it's simply utilitarian. What you're trying to preserve and to protect through the safe is what is held inside. The treasure inside, the safe, is simply a means to contain the treasure. That's our role, our job. We ask the question, if you're looking at a safe, you know, can it do its job? So the question comes to you and I as earthen vessels as well. Can we do what God has created us to do? You see, Brother Mike, in his testimony, he would tell you and be able to articulate to you some of his past life and how the enemy didn't want him to live. And how several times the enemy tried to take him out. And yet now God is able to take someone who has seen the darkness of the enemy and to take that earthen vessel and to use him even this morning to proclaim the gospel, which is God has transformed me for his glory. God has done a work in me. Who I was is not who I am because of the grace of God at work within me. You see, I've often, when I think about preachers and things, my family and I, we were... Uh, at a farmer's market several weeks ago. And in that farmer's market, there was a guy there who uh, was walking a little bit ahead of us and he had a Christian t-shirt on. He was on his cell phone, um, like me, kind of had a little bit of a, uh, you know, a little bit of a uh, spot here. And, uh, you know, the kind of hair, my kids begin talking and they say, he's a preacher. (laughs) I'm like, what makes you think that he's a preacher? And they're like, oh, you know, he's on his phone, kind of a little, a little overweight there, hair kind of thing, you know. And I'm thinking, what is that kind of characterization is that? I said, is that me? <laughs> at Earth and Vessel, we're not looking at the messenger. 
We're trying to hear the message. The funny thing was, a few days later, I went to uh, uh, Pastor Javaris Wright, who's a friend of mine. He was uh, near where we were and preaching at a uh, church there on a Wednesday night. And I met him out in the parking lot. And uh, as we were out in the parking lot, we were talking a little bit, and he points up uh, a little closer to the church, and he said, uh, that's the pastor of the church. And I said, yeah, I could tell. <laughs> the point being that we are only vessels. You and I are vessels to carry a message of hope to a world that desperately needs to hear it. God moves by the power of the Spirit to speak through whatever vessel he chooses, illuminating that which has previously been written down and making it apply in our situation. So if we look at Romans chapter 10, Paul is speaking to Christians and he's speaking about that need to preach the message of hope to those unbelieving Jews. Yet today, 2,000 years later, you and I are able to come and we're able to read the message and someone is preaching it or speaking it to us and God takes the ancient message and he pulls it through two millennia and he stirs it in the heart of the preacher to deliver the gospel to you that you would then go and preach to unbelievers as well. You see a different context with the same message applied in both situations. Preaching is not just simply trying to pull out unique things or different things that somebody might say, wow, that's really interesting. But it's a move by the power of God's Spirit through willing vessels to share His faithfulness in His redemptive acts towards people. You see, in Acts chapter 4, Peter and John, as they were sharing the message of hope, they told the religious authorities, we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. You see, there's been opportunity for me to sit in the vehicle at times with Brother Mike or with other people who God has transformed by his grace. And do you know what often is the fruit of their lips? The glory of God what God has done, what I used to be, what God has done in my life, how God has transformed me, how God has changed me. You see, it's not just the message of someone who stands behind the pulpit. It's the message of all of us to a world that is broken and dying. God is able to take that which was dead and resurrect it to life again. God is able to take that which was in darkness and bring it to light. You see, Peter and John said, we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. And so I ask you the question, can you stop talking about it? Is that something that we could do? You see, Jeremiah, he says it, as he's a called prophet, he said, he's very open about it. God, I don't want to share this message. God, I don't want to talk about what you've put within me. And in effect, what he's saying is, I'm going to sit here and I'm not going to say a word about it. But if I say that, 
If I say I'm not going to talk about it, if I say I'm not going to share, it's as fire shut up in my bones and I cannot help but deliver that message. And that's not just the message of someone who is vocationally behind the pulpit. That is the message of you and me as we have been transformed by the grace of God that we too cannot keep this alone and to ourselves. We must also proclaim the message of hope. So as we are sent out as messengers of the gospel, we must also be willing to look for opportunities to share that word of the Lord. No, it's interesting how God orchestrates things. Because as we were looking at things that needed to go and be part of the service today, I'm thinking, man, there's just so much that's got to be put in here, but I think they were sermon illustrations that I didn't plan. And I think of Sister Marianne again, you're using what gifting God has given to you in order to preach the gospel to people who need to hear. And so some of you are in vocation. What is your job? What has God put before you to do in order to simply earn an income? That's your platform. How do you preach the gospel through that job? How do you preach the gospel to the people that are around you? How do you preach the gospel to your neighbors that God has strategically placed you? You thought you bought that house because it was a good deal. God put you in that neighborhood because there's unbelievers in that neighborhood and you've been sent out to share the message of hope. But we don't want to ruffle the HOA, right? You see, when we moved here in to Hollymead, we ruffled the HOA uh, because the HOA didn't like the idea of us doing door hangers or going and praying uh, through uh, the neighborhood. And they would call and say, you can't hang door hangers and we, you can't solicit. We said, we're not soliciting. We're just giving. We're just giving. We're not soliciting. We're just praying and giving. The message of those who were in Paul's day was a testimony of God's power at work in them, what they had seen and what they had heard. And your preaching and my preaching must not only be transference of information, some academic exercise, but it also must be heralding of the personal joy that is found in true relationship with God, joyously preaching our testimony for the glory of Jesus. As we were praying for precious Carly this morning, as God was, was speaking and God was moving in that moment, what I thought is that she brings into the house of the Lord the joy of the Lord and that joy joy of the Lord is her strength. A proclamation of what is joyous and hopeful to her. A joyous preaching or testimony for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, the Apostle Paul writes here in 14 and 15 to you or to the Roman church is also to you and to me that you and I have been sent with a message to share. And that message is very simplistic. Jesus Christ has come to save sinners. And it is that message that I can tell you as a personal witness has transformed my life. It can transform your life. And it can transform the lives of those who are beyond these walls as well. God's word in the power of the Spirit brings transformation from what was 
to what can be by the glory and grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Stand with me this morning as we come to a time of prayer. Lord Jesus, we come today before you thanking you, God, for your grace and mercy. We thank you, Lord, that by the authority of your word, those of us who name the name of Jesus as Lord and Savior, God, you have sent us out. You have sent us out as phys ed teachers. You have sent us out as construction workers. You have sent us out as web developers. You have sent us out as business owners. You have sent us out as CEOs and CFOs. You've strategically placed us as believers to infiltrate the kingdom of the enemy and to see it fall. This word, this message, the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. God, I pray in these next few moments that you would stir within us that our relationship with you is not a box that we step into on Sunday morning or on Sunday night or on Wednesday. But we are first believers and our first mission is a proclamation of your word. And you've placed us in neighborhoods. You've placed us in workplaces, in schools. To be strategic for your kingdom. So as we leave here this morning, Lord, our thoughts should be this message that is in an earthen vessel. How do I proclaim it in the context in which God has placed me? Your neighborhood that you live in is an act of God's sovereign grace. Your workplace that you're serving in is an act of God's sovereign grace. For His glory. He said, I will provide everything for you. Don't worry about tomorrow. Lilies of the field, their beauty, their glory. I take care of them every day. The sparrow, I take care of the sparrow. You are a sent vessel. 
and you are strategically placed to proclaim the excellencies of his glory. And when they say, be quiet, when they say, quit talking, when they say, you can't do that, you flip over to Acts chapter 4 and you see Peter and John. I can't help it. I can't help it. I can't help but talk about what he has done for me. We're sent. We're called to share that message. As they lead us in a song of worship, I ask you to take a few moments to pray, to ask the Lord to kindle afresh that fire within you, to be bold in your witness, to share that message of hope with an unbelieving world. Find a place of prayer. Maybe here at the altar again, maybe at your seat. Let's spend just a few moments more in prayer asking God that as he has sent us to stir within us that message of hope. Amen. Come on, let's worship. This is a house of worship.